Welcome to a Couch Divided podcast where secular psychology meets a Christian worldview with Dr. Robin Hall and Nick Thomas. All right, Nick, sit back and relax. And if you can't, we need to talk about that. <laughs> Prepare to be couched. Welcome, everybody, to a Couch Divided podcast. I'm with Dr. Robin Hall. How are you doing? <laughs> excellent. Excellent? Excellent. I Always could, excellent. You tell by the smile on your face that you're doing exquisite. <laughs> That's such a good word. Well, you're a new, you're a new mother. <clears throat> right. I'm not sure like, exquisite and new motherhood are synonymous <laughs> or should be yeah, even in the same camp. It, <laughs> not that motherhood isn't... Um, an emotionally exquisite experience, but yeah. I think there are uh, some pieces to it that we probably wouldn't describe that way. Trials, tribulations, learnings, errors, <laughs> yes. failings. There's a large yeah. learning curve, yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, you're a very good mother, and I've seen that observation. Aww. So I love it. It's the best job ever. If anybody's listening to this that doesn't have any kids, get married, have kids. I'm taking that advice. Right. As, as, chocolate, <laughs> as chocolate Knox would say, and baptize those babies. Oh, yeah. You're, right? uh, you're one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> baptize those babies. Baptize those babies. Well, I'm not necessarily one of them, but my husband is. Yes, so you're yes. one of them. Right, right. So our household is one of them. Um, but for those of you that don't know, we are playfully, uh, we are being playful with the Presbyterian, our Presbyterian brothers it, and sisters. It, it, see, that's always the, the shot that we take, right? Because like 99% of what we believe, it's the same, yeah. you know, and then right. there's the issue of church government and sacrament and yeah. it's like oh okay you're not going far enough or you're going too far kind of thing like that and i don't know if this will ever be resolved before the consummation mm. of the kingdom i think it will just go on forever yeah i think so but in this case we're not throwing people over bridges or burning people or locking them up in jail because we disagree with the doctrinal manners of the sacraments we actually get to enjoy each other and exalt christ and the uh, uh, and oh, you know, we love our Presby brothers and sisters. Yeah, uh, my husband's a Presby. So, uh, so the topic actually, I want to expand on this. So the topic that we have is emotional baggage. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about uh, church history and how much emotional oh my baggage. Gosh. I thought you were going to make some like remark about presbyterians no 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 not at all because <laughs> we used to get pretty i mean it, it still exists now today's but we used to get pretty animous with each other if we disagreed on a particular doctrinal matter uh right now it's like if you're post mill and you talk to a pre-mill oh man you don't follow the bible and you're liberal and things like that and it's like th that's emotional baggage that is is attached to church history we've come from chucking people off of bridges and locking them up in jail to just having a discussion around a dinner table and we pray together. And well, I'm hopefully, like, wow. I mean, let's hope that that's what's happening in yeah, post. Yeah, the whole body of Christ gets sanctified as yeah. well. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. So you, um, you bring up our topic. We, um, we're gonna have kind of more of like a free form discussion today about this idea um, that as Christians we bring emotional baggage from our life pre Christ into our life 
um, with Christ and um, what that can look like in terms of like psychology. Right. So um, it's it is definitely going to be a little bit different than our other episodes or series so far because those have been really highly researched. Mm-hmm. We spent a lot of time um, really we wanted to bring you guys we want to bring you guys information facts stuff that you can really chew on and use in your right. everyday life um but today will be a little bit more personal um because nick and i are going to talk about specifically some of the emotional baggage that each one of us have brought yeah. into mm-hmm. um our own individual walks and and Christ. hopefully you know you can relate to a little bit of that we experience the human condition along with everybody else and there's similarities <laughs> in our sanctification but sanctification <laughs> is a long and dusty road right i mean i was just discussing with somebody that sanctification leaves scars kind of thing oh yes uh but scars are uh evidence of healings of wounds so you need those things oh. <laughs> you know and, and and oh that's very that was, poetic. That was so bubbly of yeah, you yeah that's so poetic of you uh <laughs> nick but it is a long and dusty road but a glorious one um on top of that and it leads to something well you know paul said that the the, the suffering that you go through uh, um you know it far undermines the uh, the the eternal weight of glory that is that you're going to experience upon the resurrection of the dead right and uh and we can relate that to a doctrinal matter called uh, the beatific vision the, the, the fact that we will see well this is the difference between a uh, 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 theological difference whether or not we're going to see christ's face or the father's or all three, uh, and uh, uh, and but the beatific vision is seeing God's face, and that's your goal, right? <laughs> the the resurrection of the dead and seeing the glory of God uh, in the consummation of His kingdom, mm-hmm. and you don't get there without bleeding. You definitely don't. Oh, that was definitely well stated. I like yeah. that. You don't get there without bleeding. That's like that's a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. No you one leaves this world without bleeding. You don't man. get you yeah. don't get there without bleeding. Christ didn't. And oh, you certainly won't. not. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's so interesting. It's kind of an aside. It always it's always fascinating to me how how individuals kind of approach sh- struggling um, trials with this uh, disbelief yeah. that it's going on, and it's and well, but Jesus died. Yeah. I mean, if you think that we are going to be spared from any adversity in this life, then you're kind of missing the point right. of the story. Um so, and and that's not to to diminish how shocking some things can be, but I think ultimately if we remember who we are before Christ and what he did for us, we really can't be surprised when as Christians we struggle. Well, you know, the book of we Hebrews. Trials. Yeah, the b- book of Hebrews uh you know, edifies us in that way. It says, consider him who endured from sinners such a hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Right. He tells you to understand Christ's suffering right. and to to remember that and what that is. And, right, and the reason that we, like, need to is right. because we will experience <clears throat> our own. He didn't, the father didn't <clears throat> spare his son. He's not going to spare right. you. Right, and that, I don't mean to kind of pigeonhole that that is the only reason. That is a reason that we yes, need to Yes, there's tons of reasons why we consider that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so anyway, what we mean, um, kind of our loose operational definition anyway, of the emotional baggage one brings with them into their life with Christ from their life without Christ is the the presuppositions that you've been indoctrinated with, um, the habits, rituals, mm. perspectives, and propensities with which you view the world, your former worldview, so to speak. Um, and how that impacts what 
what you believe about yourself right. and the world and Christ once you're a new creation. Right. Um, and it's funny too, because Nick and I were just kind of toying around with what topics, you know, to do. We have a whole list that we're going to do. Um, but time, you know, timing is kind of important. And this one struck us both because I think both of us are dealing with the consequences of having lived a life without Christ for right. many years. Um, and, kind of the repercussions that sin mm-hmm. ultimately have had on our own personal psychology. Oh, right, yeah. Um, and what really how that manifests currently in our own walk. So Yeah, we've had many personal conversations uh, about the things that uh, we have struggled with or we do struggle with or thought processes that can be self-defeating. Um, and because we're both students of mental health kind right. of thing where you go, well, it's because of this, 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 and this, and this is the chemical that gets released, and this is that. And then at the end of the day, we go, I need Christ. <laughs> and, uh, because it's so complex. It's very complicated. You know, uh, like, uh, I'll bring up a topic. There was uh, a period in my life where I was struggling with anger. And in some cases, I still could, you know. Um, I've learned to control that by the grace of God and focusing on him, not to unleash that on other people. First of all, it's unfair to them. Second of all, it doesn't glorify in Christ. And uh, you don't sin against your neighbor. You love your neighbor kind of mm-hmm. thing like that. Well, and so like just to take it out a step further, when you look at a like a propensity, a a habit, a reflex to become angry, what's at the bottom of that yeah. psychologically? And and it's actually uh, my next point because then I was like, I was like, well, then why am I angry? I, I don't get angry at people. I love people. It seems to turn off. It used to be the opposite way. I'm angry, so I'm going to take it out on you. Now I'm angry. I don't take it out on you. But it personally in my, you know, like if you're a fly on my wall, you're like, dude, you're an angry person kind of thing like that. What's going on? It's so funny because I would never, ever characterize you that way. I know. And everybody's like, oh, she's so sweet. And I'm not being fake. I'm really not angry at you. (laughs) (laughs) But when I go home, I might be a little, you know, it's like, uh, you know, uh, sometimes you can resent your sanctification. You know what I mean? And, uh, And stuff started being pulled out of me. And I'm like. A lot of my anger is predicated in insecurity. Mm-hmm. Um, and Fear. what does that come from? Well, first of all, I'm a fallen child of Adam, and I know that my faculties are corrupted. But I experienced a lot of bullying when I was a kid, too, as well. And I'm uh, in a lot of the ways, I, my anger was a preemptive strike, so that wouldn't happen again. Well, to, I mean, and if I if I kind of make myself angry with the people around me, then mm-hmm. I protect myself from... Coping de- Well, yeah, developing... Mm-hmm actual close intimate mm-hmm. relationships with people where they can really hurt me and, um and that's that's like a stab in the dark yes but <clears throat> well i mean and, and and i bet a lot of people experience that mm-hmm. same thing maybe can't articulate it that way and then they go oh that, that's exactly what it is and right. i go maybe i need to forgive those people and i didn't realize i needed to i didn't realize they were even coming up sure and as soon as i go yeah, and this is not empathy for that person. Uh, when uh, you know why they were doing what they were doing when we were a kid. I mean, I you know, I, you, know you mean God the, only. You mean for the bully? Yeah, for the bully. I mean, I'm 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 not giving way into his actions. Uh, I hope he comes to Christ, kind of thing, or I hope they do, or maybe they have, because um, they're going to be better uh, off <laughs> than that than my forgiveness towards them. But I do need to get that resentment out of my heart, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And go, I'm in Christ now. They need love just as much as anybody. And so it's like, okay, love your enemies. And uh, though I'm an adult and they're not my enemies anymore, a lot of that stuff was still in my, um, you know, my mind. And I didn't realize that. Well, what do you think that you, so in terms of the emotional baggage that you brought with you Mm -hmm. into your walk with Christ, are you saying that the insecurity that Mm -hmm. that caused? Yes. Is what you've brought. Is what I brought into the kingdom with me. Okay. And you think that 
when you have gotten angry yeah in like post christ that sounds really bad that's not what i mean yeah um bef- like after salvation yes um that that um is related to the insecurity Re- related not its total but related okay. kind of thing like that yeah. uh it's if i say it was total i'm gonna, gonna, gonna undermine the complexities uh, sure. of things that i don't know god knows exactly like it says in job that death and abaddon both sheol both the grave god can see mm-hmm. um and we can't and i i kind of apply that into the total c- complexities I, I may be able to understand a little bit of it but not in its total but he still addresses the issue of forgiveness as a coat um, or as a meta thing, like forgiveness, love, peace, focus, uh, you know, and all substantiated in Christ. And then through that, I go, oh, man, there was a lot of things that I was resenting from the past. Mm-hmm. And it was towards individuals. And these individuals would probably wouldn't even do that to me because they've grown uh, now because they've grown mature. But I still remember when they did. Sure. And so a lot well, of because you as an adult wasn't hurt by them as an adult. Yes. You exactly. as a kid was hurt by them as a kid. And, you know, and they were being boys. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I know that's not an excuse. It's just not. It's you not. Know? Well, and I'm I'm just going to play. Um devil's advocate wow yes. what, what an appropriate yeah phrase. what an appropriate thing yeah. yeah um was there ever a time in your life nick where you were the bully oh yes i became it yeah. i i wrote a long thing after uh my regeneration talking about i became what i was hated hurt by. yeah yeah and i know that sounds um it's not cliche to say because a lot of people have that experience sure but because it's said a lot you become what you hated kind of thing you can't beat them join them it's the same well kind it of thing. feels like a turn of, like a tongue-in-cheek yeah. type of comment but it's i mean there's a reason that cliches yeah. exist exactly because they're you know <laughs> they're or stereotypes because they're right. so general and they're so common and uh but we don't realize that the damage that we're doing and it just shows you that a lot of people uh, and their pain is similar to, you know, and in Christ, you know, when the when the Holy Spirit fell on on Pentecost, it was almost the reversal of the Babel effect. Right. Man goes up, tries to get to God and then God comes down and disperses their language. Right. Because God says, no, I come to you. You don't come to me. I'm sovereign. You're not. You don't work your way up to me. And I think that's what the Tower of Babel showed us in that literal event. <laughs> right. But then the day of Pentecost, what happens? The Holy Spirit comes down and the same message is portrayed in multiple languages and it's the same thing, the same understanding, right? So God came down and he unified everybody in the different languages with the same heavenly language, the same Uh heavenly uh, uh, articulation, the gospel kind of thing. And that's kind of how I look at all of that too as well. Why uh, it propagated in my life the way it did was I became the bully for different reasons than them being the bully, if that makes sense. Like, uh, so they were the bully at uh, at a kid's age kind of thing. And maybe they were just being boys or maybe their their life uh, at home was different. I don't know. But I became the bully as a preemptive strike so I don't get bullied. Ah, uh, yeah, yes. As right. self-protective, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it took the, the gospel language coming down to, to, to solidify me and to correct thinking. Right. Well, and I think, too, people that have been very hurt and don't like that feeling, which mm-hmm. is totally normal, um, very subconsciously without realizing it, build up walls or protections, and which is kind of what you're describing, right? right. Is a mechanism to keep people away from you. Exactly. Like, like to keep people at arm's length. It's not that I want you gone, exactly. I just don't want you too close. Yeah, I don't want you too close kind of thing like that. I want to be loved, but don't hug me. 
Right. <laughs> you know, uh, right. I love you. I hate you. Don't leave me. Please go. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. The uh, and then yeah, you you think you're bipolar all yeah. of this, and you borderline. you know, yeah, a borderline, right. and uh, and then you web MD yourself, and you're like. Oh no, I'm totally bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, disclaimer: Everybody should avoid WebMD yes, right, or any yeah. kind of self-diagnosis. You typically will be wrong. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, so. because you don't understand the the the, uh, the well and the scholarly and the 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 labor that it comes into uh, to even defining these. I criteria. mean, just remember that your clinicians went to like in my case, I went to head doctor college. Yeah. You've got all your physicians and clinicians that went to their appropriate like four year right at least four year institutions yeah. right um people with like academic degrees yeah. in re- the research and stuff that's much longer right so if it took them that long to become an expert in it it probably isn't going to happen for you Yes. After ten minutes on the internet, yes, right, right. So, in just, such you a know, superficial way, yeah, just yeah. to just to put that out there, and it's that's good. There's a reason that certain people go to school for a long time yeah. to learn things, so that you don't have to, right, right. Um. So yeah. Anyway, as an aside about self diagnosis, yeah, and uh, and so it's like a lot of people go, okay, Nick, were you self diagnosing yourself uh, from the past? And I go, no. The, the reason why I would uh, always take God's advice before WebMD is because <laughs> I did understand at one point that I was thinking about people that I really didn't like, and mm-hmm. I go. And I'm angry, and there's no reason for me to be angry. Why am I? It's them, and uh, it, well, it's really me, but my resentment right. towards them. And I go, you gotta let that go. Right. I mean, yeah. feeling like you were owed something, right? Exactly. From them. Yeah. And the truth ultimately is, any reparations. We're gonna do a whole series on resentment, bitterness, because I think that human kind of reflexive desire to seek vengeance or retribution is strong yeah um and i mean with certain individuals it's stronger mm-hmm. um but got like w- we forget that while we get sinned against absolutely as human we sin against and we get sinned against the sin is against god first right always right so we aren't actually owed any kind no. of anything no. right it's like the sinner has sinned against God. And so keeping those kinds of things in check can help relieve some of some bitterness and anger. Not always, but mm-hmm. um, it can help a lot. It's remember your place, right? Exactly. Remember your place in this world. If you receive any kind of reward at all, remember you don't deserve the reward. And yes, it is your reward. God has given it to you. But it's not because you deserve it. It's because he deserves it. Why? Because he deserves the glory right. kind of thing like that. Right. So anything that really happens to you in your walk, just remember, yeah, it is probably pure grace that you get it. So even that epiphany that I had, even if it only addressed a small part of my sin, it was still something for the glory of God that helped me right. flesh out a lot. Right. Of and the benefit yeah. to you is, is that you don't carry around that bitterness or resentment anymore. No, no, I don't. And I wouldn't say it's completely gone, right? No. I have the human condition, Romans 7. I have a, a battle, a war that is going on with me. Uh, and, just, you know, despite the context uh, in uh, in Romans 7, when Paul talks about the, the, the war that rages on you, despite the, the context in there, it can be applied in such a way as, well, are you you know, are you any better? <laughs> and yeah, there is a war. There is that battle between that. And so when now, because I'm aware of that, when those thoughts pop up, I can substantiate it. Mm-hmm. And I go up oh, focus because this is your sin, Nick. There's right. a lot of sin there. Um, and you're not glorified yet. And those who think they're perfect 
deceive themselves because you have not reached the, uh, the resurrection of the dead, which is Paul's point in the letter to the Philippians when he's talking about, you know, making the salvation his, making the resurrection of the dead his and pressing forward uh, to uh, to reach the goal and leaving everything behind. He still recognizes that at that point when he's when he's writing this, that he hasn't uh, uh, reached maturity. He's not yet. there yet. Yeah. Right. And he's right. exhorting. Those who are mature should think like this. Mm -hmm. Rich was really saying those who are mature should realize that they're immature. Right. <laughs> so. Right. It, the whole, the kind of old, like very, very old thought process of like, what makes me wise is that I'm teachable. Right. Um, I mean, we know that, you know, wisdom of like wisdom is, begins as like fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's what Job was going through. So, oh, definitely. Yeah, like when God condescended to him, he covered his mouth and goes, "Oh, I spoke presumptuously." <laughs> yeah. So, um, I think I, I don't know if I want if this is exactly backtracking, but I think it's important for us to point out all of us, unless you were saved the moment you were born, every single Christian is going to bring emotional baggage into yep. their walk with Christ. Right, right. It's unavoidable yeah. right so it doesn't make you it, it abnormal right. to have things from your other life your your pre-existence right your pre-christian existence we gotta come yeah. up with some better terminology um like you absolutely it's normal you, of course you're gonna bring it in and mm. part of sanctification i truly believe is god making us aware of those old habits those old worldviews that we're kind of using still to to understand him and to understand the world that really are just poison yeah i mean it, it also shows you the the character of god too as well it's like everybody uh, th there's a popular christian term that uh that god cast your uh, sin into a sea of forgetfulness and in one way he does by not holding it against you that's right. what it means right, you're right. justified but he didn't just have a lapse of memory. Right. It's you know? not like, right. <laughs> he didn't just become amnestic. Yeah. It's like, all. God, I struggle with this. What are you talking about? I, I, I redeemed you from that. You really struggle with that? You know, right. Like, dude, he's right. a it's, father. He knows yes. what you've been through. Right, right, right. Uh, and so he might address that because a lot of that you were still Just because he has wiped your clate, like clean, slate clean. Clate slain. Clate slain, so to speak. <laughs> okay. Doesn't mean that like he has like lost any knowledge or awareness yeah. around yours. what you've been through, <laughs> what, what you've run, th what you're struggling with now. Mm -hmm. And he might address those. He might not. Uh, he might realize that um, um, that going forward is exactly what you need to get over it. Mm -hmm. And though you might uh, suffer through it, Jesus is more important, and so you do that kind of thing. Or he might use the word to penetrate your heart, um, and so that you can address those things from the past. So that you can go right. forward. Um, I can't. Well, and I think he, I think he uses the body a lot too. When you are, yes, it's what church is for. When yeah. you're honest, even with what you mentioned before, we have lots of conversations. When you have, when you cultivate good, deep, honest, intimate relationships with your brothers and sisters in Christ, stuff that you miss, mm -hmm. they might not. Right? right. If right. they see that you have a tendency to. Um, one of the ones that like I've come in encounter with a lot from um, from different ladies in the church is like a resentment towards all men, right? Right. So it kind of comes from this liberal indoctrination that the patriarchy is bad, that women have been put down. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just this kind of overarching feeling that mm -hmm. men aren't to be trusted, that men are 
are bad or they won't stick around, right? Um, and they can come into the church if they've lived a lifetime mm -hmm. having that belief codified, mm -hmm. right? And reinforced by their experience, right? which is probably propagated not, you know, in a small part by their own sin, right? right? And so, yeah, presuppositional thought processes uh, going into uh, the kingdom, um, if not addressed, uh, could damage you. Right. right. Well, and so then instead of being open to, right, exploring a, um, a relationship with a godly man or um, mm. instead of being open to like uh, rectifying, reconciling a relationship they already have with yeah. a man, uh, uh, you know, a uh, spousal relationship. I mean, it's really tainted mm -hmm. by that history. Right. So if you're in a deep fellowship with other believers, if this is something that you're doing, but you don't even recognize you're doing it, they might be able to point it out. <laughs> yes. And you always need that. And then you'll learn about constructive criticism uh, there, too, as right. well, because sometimes, you know, that kind of past reason of vulnerability where you don't want to be corrected at all kind of thing. Right. It's, a, it's just it's, it's a very sensitive area. Right. And then we're getting into now true, really emotional baggage, because mm -hmm. sometimes it's not just the pro thought process, that thought process propagated from mm -hmm. something. You've been hurt. You've been scarred. Right. And that it's changed your whole way of viewing the world. And then now you're in the kingdom where it says... Fulfill the law by what? Loving your neighbor mm -hmm. from the overflow of loving God. And you're like, well, that's a totally different thing that right. I just experienced. That now you rearrange that. You right. Know? And, or so oh my goodness. I, this just comes to mind too. Um, if you have been in in a domestic violence relationship mm. with in the past, like, you know, prior to salvation or even during, you know, yeah. even after salvation. Um, and you, right, you tend to approach anything in that area with a lot more hesitation mm -hmm. first of all it makes sense right it's mm -hmm. we go back to that self-protective kind of um stance right, right i don't right. want to be hurt again um but ultimately when we refuse to participate in something that god might be calling us to do mm -hmm. we're putting more weight and value onto our sinful anxiety yep. than we are onto his ability to deliver us, right? And then uh, then you have the, the problem of guilt from the overflow of that right. too as well. And a lot of people end up leaving the Christian faith because they think, well, if I have this, but I have to do that and I can't do that, then I'm bringing on guilt on myself and God's not worth it kind of thing. And you just never address that baggage that you're carrying around right. and resting uh, in the fact that you're justified by faith so that you... You know, you're not condemned. You can fall, right? And it's fine, right? Um, you can get back up now, and right. you know the church is really good for that. And it well. will it so. will grieve you when you yeah. fall because yeah. as a Christian, your sin grieves you, yeah. right? But you do get back up. I think it's also yeah. important too that one of the consequences of this pre-existence that has all these psychological repercussions is. Um, we tend to project our experience and relationships with other humans, believers or not, um, onto God. And we give him those like human attributes that don't belong to him at all. Right. Well, so it ends yeah. up kind of infecting our ability to trust him as a father, as a provider, as a protector. Mm. Um, if some of our personal past experiences have been that fathers don't actually act that way, mm -hmm. um, we can bring that with us right. into our walk as a Christian and have a, a really hard time submitting to God's authority, um, 
understanding who he actually is, having a clear view of his true character, mm -hmm. uh, because what we're doing is we're projecting our own experience and failed human relationships wow. yeah. onto our relationship with God. I think that... Um, I, I know that that has affected a lot of people that I know personally just because of their own struggles with earthly fathers, with biological fathers. And it goes either way. It goes into the form of resentment and then you leave, uh, you know, God or you don't come to God in the first place mm -hmm. because you think he's your earthly father or you start rearranging God in the way you want God to be by making him the opposite okay. of your earthly father too as well. And it's like, no, God is not the opposite of your earthly father, but he's not the same as your earthly father. He's something entirely different that you can't even comprehend but only can apprehend through his law. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so he exists totally independently of any of our experience yeah, down here yeah. right so our my experience with a sinful earthly father will never be my experience exactly with our perfect holy father even if you love your sinful earthly father yeah. and he's never treated you wrong yeah. nowhere near right the father you God. just yeah. but it is human nature to take things that we understand and try and apply them to things that we don't right so that we understand those things that we don't um but it doesn't make it okay so i know that that specifically has been an area where i've had people talk to me about struggling with yeah. right and it can really infect kind of all of your your belief in god's um capacity to fulfill his promises mm -hmm. um it really can cloud how you view god's character right and that's right. a pro that's a problem yeah and uh you know and so it's important to, uh to understand that emotional baggage is it's not a clinical term that oh, we no. use kind of thing like we... that everything has its own category depression anxiety panic fear whatever you know but no, it's not a diagnosis. Yeah. We're, we're this is just a concept that we were we were we've been playing with that like there is all this emotional baggage that one brings in into their walk with Christ that like you will continue as a Christian to be sanctified out of. Right. Um you were talking personally about some like insecurities that led to reactive anger for you. Mm -hmm. For me, um and uh I assume that as we continue to do this podcast, we'll share more and more with you guys about our own personal testimonies and um, struggles. But I was not, I mean, I was youngish when I was saved. Um, I was saved in 2011. Mm -hmm. um, so I, and I've been a student my entire life. That shouldn't surprise anybody. Anybody mm -hmm. that gets their doctorate in anything is probably a pretty good student. Anybody listen to the mass shooters, you had substantial amount of notes. <laughs> and uh, I would love to release those. Uh, oh, yeah. Way. We've actually gotten some requests for See show your notes. work uh, done. It was beautiful. So. I mean, I'm just going to give everybody some warning right now. Most of it's illegible if it's handwritten. Yeah. Um, you definitely develop doctor's scribble yeah. when you go to graduate school. And it, I I think it's because you have to write so fast. Yeah, I cop out under that all the time, but I've always had bad handwriting. <laughs> My handwriting used to be so wonderful. It was completely legible and it is now not really that legible. Right. So, But anyway, um, one of the things that I, one of the very significant worldviews that I've had to kind of attack and then shift from becoming a Christian um, was being really indoctrinated by leftist education hmm. um, all like from kindergarten forward, really um, specifically with regards to evolution. Um, feminism is another huge one. Um, you were a feminist. 
Oh, prior to being saved? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, wow, I would have been one of the like people at the Capitol probably flashing, wow. you know, to like make my point about screwing the patriarchy that I couldn't even define, you wow. know? Um, oh yeah. It when I so prior to being saved, prior to God saving me, I was a militant atheist. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um me I mean yeah. m- hater. Mm-hmm. Like Paul could not have descri- he was describing me when he was, <laughs> was writing Romans, hater, hater of God, re- re- uh, rebel for sure. Yeah. Um, and so I found myself definitely like in the early years after I was saved, really having to fight just these kind of ways of thinking about things that I had been trained. I wasn't trained how to think about things to make my own decision. Yeah, I right. was trained to think along the course, like a, a certain ideology. Yeah. And it just so happened that that was like very liberal yeah. informed by the education system mm. ideology. In fact, if there was, if the other side of the argument was ever even presented, whoever was presenting it, like student or teacher was immediately typecast as like racist, bigot, racist, bigot, idiot, doesn't know what they're doing. Right. Old thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ancient, esoteric, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, So I had to do a lot of work um, with my, the way that I process information, um, kind of the origin points that I come back to, to make sure that I'm standing on a biblical foundation and not a, a deprogramming in nature. It really is. Yeah. It ha- yeah. I think that's a great way of describing it. it. It was a deprogramming from a specific set of indoctrination. Wow. Now, learning like to use things like the scientific method to be analytical and mm-hmm. logical in your evaluation, that's extremely important. Yep. Um, it's not emphasized that much in school. No. <laughs> um, although it's not super obvious that it isn't emphasized. It's pretty subtle. Um because they come out and they teach you the scientific method. They just don't really teach you how to apply it. No, no. They really don't. They have an old worldview about it. And yeah. me as a pre-sup guy and an, an apologist guy, and I'm like, well, you can't do the scientific method on the scientific method. So it can't show you everything. There is an immaterial world, and you're <laughs> foregoing that nature when you just solidify everything upon empirical evidence. Right. Yeah. So um, I think along with that, too, like to be just a little bit more personal and to kind of pull out more specifically psychological effects. Um, A huge part of my psychology pre-Christ that followed me Mm -hmm. into my walk. And I think a lot of people can relate to this is my like fear of man. Mm. Um, And I'm, you know, just to be totally transparent, even with doing this podcast, this has been a huge, an area for me that's come up a lot um, Mm. because of as a Christian, my, worldview collides with that of the mainstream secular psychological thoughts. Mm. Um, and so the way that I am perceived by people who I would have considered formerly colleagues has come into my mind as we've created this. And ultimately God's convicted me and is sanctifying me greatly in this area. But I would, it would be dishonest of me to not admit that um, I still very much struggle with my desire to be accepted by most people. Oh yeah. Um, you know, to be, you know, to be considered smart and um, what, like what I 
what I'm saying is worth something. Um, and I think most people desire to feel that anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, but that, I mean, God is extremely clear, right? What, like, what are some scriptures, Nick, where God talks about not like you can't, you can't please man. (laughs) That shouldn't be your forethought. Well, if we go back to the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, and you're talking about the fear of man, you care more about man's wisdom than you care right. about God's uh, right. wisdom. Which isn't wisdom. It's foolishness. Yeah. Right? Paul talks about not being people pleasers, kind of thing like that. Uh, but a lot of that wanting to be accepted uh, in there, um, I found in myself, and maybe uh, you can relate to that, is the worship of what I thought was important in life. Yes. And a coping mechanism of the whole that was in my in my soul kind of thing. You go back to the crushed spirit, and what is that? It says that, um, you know, um, a desire fulfilled, right, is the tree of life, but a hope deferred crushes the spirit you desired to i mean this is the only thing you had was the world (laughs) and so it's like if you didn't care about what the world thought then all you have is yourself and mean like well and i'm a terrible judge yeah i've known that all (laughs) and then how many times have that has that hope been deferred (laughs) Uh, because you didn't uh you know you didn't get the uh, uh, uh the response that you thought uh, should be elicited um, and it crushed your spirit. So now you had to keep striving to get some kind of attention, to get some kind of attention. Um, and yeah, that's all in categories. It stems from our family, friends, environment, academia or whatever we're in. Well, and I also think at its core, self-idolization, right? right. There's a lot of spit shining the golden calf of self in that. And, and you hit it right away. The golden calf. What is that? Right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's idolatry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. It's idolatry. Yeah. I, I think that's probably an area that most of you guys can relate to. Also, I don't know a Christian that doesn't struggle with idolatry. I think most things, actually most sin issues, we can break down in into um, idolatry and into those specific terms. And we're going to do a huge episode series on idolatry in the future. Um, I've Definitely with a bent or an emphasis on addiction. Yeah, I mean, listen to what Christ says about the Pharisees in the Sermon on the Mount in chapter uh, 6, specifically verse 2. He's talking about giving to the needy, and I'll just read it. He goes, Thus when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, right. <laughs> that they may be praised by others. Right. Uh, Truly, I say to you. Look at what I'm doing. Yeah, look at what I'm doing. <laughs> look at yeah. what I'm doing. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Us. Right. It's so like right to the gut, you know, Um, and it's like, well, you know, you you really care about these earthly matters coming to you. And it's so important. And I'm not saying that rewards or compliments or accolades. I mean, I just got an undergrad degree and a specific on Monday. Congratulations. And it was great. And the congratulations, people. That's great. And I praise God. It showed God's glory. We had to watch you from my phone. Because yeah, really. Yeah, we couldn't also, be there in person. But yeah, we, I, we could I watch you. See from my the degree phone. with the mask, and the guy was uh, handing the degree to me in gloves. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever with the ma- with the with the GCU mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, uh-huh. everybody's Represent- robed up. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird that go I was low. I was actually receiving the degree, and I go, 
Oh. <laughs> why, <laughs> and wait, I'm, wait, why did you do that? Because he was wearing gloves, and oh. I would have like, you know, I wanted the experience of uh, shaking to be the personal. guy's actual hand. Yes, yeah. and being personal, but no, I'm a plague. Anyways, that I don't is know. so funny. Yeah, you could. You, when you could, I walked across the stage to receive my doctorate, yeah. and anybody that's graduated with any kind of degree knows they don't actually hand you your degree yeah, when you shake the yeah. dean's hand. It's just a you know a scrolled paper or whatever, so they yeah. can take your picture. But my, I remember thinking, so this is the highest academic agree, degree, right, that you can achieve as a doctorate. Yeah. I can't go anywhere else, right? This is it. This is what I've worked my whole life for. Okay. And my thought was, that's it? That's it. <laughs> where's, the, oh. where's the fanfare? I, oh. I was like, where? There should be cannons with confetti and acrobats oh. falling out of the ceiling. Where's the fanfare? Um, it really was kind of an yeah. anticlimactic so we're like, experience. We're, okay, so we're like two peas in a pod when it comes to this. Okay, I okay, so I'll, I'll go a little personal here, and I'll tell you what I was thinking about the undergrad. And maybe I already, maybe I told you this personally, but I, I was telling a lot of people, and I was describing it as cynical, but it really was bringing me down, and it was just so. Oh, there's so many things that I want to say right now. <laughs> uh, okay, so I used to be a stand-up comedian. You know that. And it, yes, I'm not doing a lot of jokes or anything. I'm not going to honk my big bright nose for you and dance. But but uh, <laughs> there you go. There's the, the cynicism. Like a clown. Like yeah. a clown or not. <laughs> dance boy, dance. No, I'm very dry. I'm very whatever. I bring that up because a lot of that goes into my mind about the cynicism. Like I looked at the guy's hands with gloves and I went, ew. <laughs> and <laughs> As I'm receiving I mean, the congratulations, that's some emotional baggage bleeding <laughs> yeah. over into your everyday life. But what you just say, this is it. I okay. Uh, I, I I'll I'll give you the cogs of this. 2006, I graduated high school's the best day, right? You know, you know. Okay, <laughs> you, you, whatever. Um, and uh, I got to be a man now. Well, I, I experienced a lot after that, right? Trauma and drugs, atheism, all that stuff. And to go back to school so much later in my life, in my late 20s, and now I'm I'm going to be 33 this month, uh, or this uh, this year in August. Oh, and, man, old uh, man. Uh, yeah, I'm getting old, right? right. <laughs> I'm, I'm not old, but I'm not young. I have gray hair. My back hurts. Uh, things like that. Wait, did you say you have gray hair or great hair? Well, both, Robin. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> if I took up my hat right now, you wouldn't see great hair. But no, tons of gray hair. My okay, beard's yes. gray. All that stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> and so going back to school was not like going to school at after high school where you're already kind of prepped for it and it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really affect you and it feels good to graduate after high school and things like that. But it took a lot of hard work going back to school in my late 20s. First of all, because I'm in my late 20s and it's been so long. Second of all, I'm detoxing off of drugs Uh and I'm uh, experiencing meth voices and things like that, that a a lot of people experience after drug addiction and even during drug addiction. And that naturally heals itself. Got a couple miracle stories with that. Tell tell you guys that at at a later time. Uh, And so it was really hard. It was really hard. It started becoming easier as I started being healed by Christ, but it was really hard. And so there's a lot of work, a lot of suffering that goes into this. And to bring it back to your point, this is it kind of thing. And I go, oh my goodness, this past four and a half years is going to go away in 45 minutes. (laughs) It cold. Yeah. It's, it's just like, it's just an anticlimactic culmination. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's so much blood, sweat and tears that go into the degree, like what, what you've done to get to that point. And there was two thoughts about that. One of it was pain and the other was romanticizing the pain. Okay. Uh As a comedian, you romanticize pain a lot. In fact, you can't be uh, funny without pain. 
You're not going to do that. It, it, it's really what comedians talk about. It comes from a place of real pain and we're going to make fun of it. Yeah. Um, well, at least the, the right comics <laughs> do that. Uh, uh, like we'll, we'll do an aside someday where Nick tells you all about how to determine whether a comic is right or not. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. How wrong will I be in, in, in somebody's eyes? Um, yeah, I don't like goofy comedy or anything. I don't like clown stuff uh, oh, but uh, or uh, other dynamics. But there was two That's thoughts. That's so funny because parody is like my favorite Yeah, thing. me too. Oh, and, man. It, 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 but it, isn't that, wouldn't you consider that like in the same category as like slapstick? Well, or? if you're slapsticky with it. But if your uh, a parody is that of a sarcastic nature and you're making fun of that. Oh, I see. I like that too, but I'm more talking like the naked gun. No, I hate those things. Oh, my, yeah, I love all, it. All, I they, love it, Nick. I, I did like Airplane. I, there were some things that I liked. Don't Car Me Shirley. That's classic. Things like that. But, looks like I bit the wrong week to quit yeah, sniffing glue. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and it kept getting worse every, every time. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit smoking, quit drinking, sniffing glue, you know? <laughs> quit amphetamines, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that, okay, that's funny because that's a well-written joke kind of thing like that. But these these parody <laughs> movies, they go off and they're just burp jokes. And I'm See, like, oh, okay. grow up. You so know? I love what you're talking. I mean, you're you're clearly much more of an expert on this than I am. I'm not a comedian. Well, I've never been. Even though I do find myself funny in some moments, you are. I'm probably the only one laughing. But no, I'm laughing um, on the inside. <laughs> I love, like, I love British, like dry British sure. humor. But I also love like Monty Python. Yeah, I me too. Oh my yeah. gosh, and I love parody. Um, this is totally an aside, but I love parody, and I think part of me likes it so much because there's a chameleon. Yes, and this is good emotional baggage, right? Yeah. There's there's bad emotional baggage and good emotional baggage. The creativity, the humor that you bring into the kingdom, and then that gets sanctified, and you can look at things more deeply, uh, deeper. That's why, as a as a post mill uh, kind of uh, disposition, you're like, oh, I'm going to take dominion over that and do it in a Christian way. Oh and, yeah, and things like we that. need tons of Christian comedians. Yes, exactly. But stay away from the Adam and Eve jokes because they're just so hacky. You well, know, oh, what what's mean? an Adam and Eve joke? I don't know. Something that you know, like uh, like a joke about the fruit. It must have been a rotten apple, or you know. Oh, okay. I what have... was he thinking? Eve must have been a beauty. <laughs> I've, like, I've literally never. I don't think I've oh ever they're heard so them. hacky okay. you know what I yeah. mean or about the first time you've experienced somebody raising their hand in worship and you thought that they were answering a question and it's so <laughs> I've <laughs> never heard oh that. I've heard comedians okay. do and I go ew <laughs> <laughs> really right. that's what you were thinking I'm gonna if have you... to have you school me on some like comedy stuff I've well, listened to a bunch of like very worldly comics but I've never really heard any Christian community. Uh, well, yeah, um, and we'll, we'll, you know, yeah, we'll do a, an episode on, on comedy and, and well, we do an episode on art kind of thing. Like yeah. That. I mean, oh well, I definitely think that we should talk about art. Therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, going back to those two emotional things, one was cynical and one um, uh, was you know ironic and uh, things like that, but or uh, romanticizing right. the pain because I, idealizing. Yes, because in one area I go, oh. Everything that I just went through is going to go away in a 45-minute ceremony. Will be go away or be over? Be over. It's done. it's done. Yeah, right. it's done, and it's not going to produce anything, which is stupid because God is doing all things through this. You know, I got to preach post-mill mm -hmm. to a highly liberal social uh, uh, so sociology class, of which then the teacher, the professor, next week said they couldn't get that out of their mind, and oh. it changed their life. And I go... 
But that I'm just going to discount God no, in 45 no, well, I minutes? Mean, so, I, but I say, okay, so I, I hear what you're saying. I don't think what you mean is that, like, it, it's worth nothing. I think what you mean is that being handed this degree, I can't just go turn in this degree to get something yes. immediately. Right. Uh, yeah, and all that experience. And, and it's also a fear, too, as well. That What uh, next? Did I, what next? Or did I even do right. the right Which thing? Which is absolutely baggage that you yes. bring in. And, and I can say... Insecurities, wanting human accolades, anger, fear. I mean, all of that. And then the second was romanticizing, okay, as an artist. How deep and uh, how poetic that might look, okay. and I'm one, I, I want to be the Edgar Allan Poe of these oh, things no, and die me. with a black cat from consumption. <laughs> you know, wait, uh, did he die from? Did he die from consumption? Yeah, okay. uh, which with, is another term for tuberculosis. Yes, yes. right. Um, and he's, yeah, coughing up blood. Right. And I really don't know much about Edgar. Allan Poe. Uh, well, we'll go into that too. But like, uh, and then he uh, he took a, a black cat. To stay warm as he passed away, kind of thing like that, and legitimately, like that's what yeah. He did? Okay. That well, I mean, that's the stories that I've read. Okay. You know, I mean, I don't. I, you know, we you know, somebody you, out there can fact check us. Yeah, fact check I'm us on that. I'm not sure if Poe look how Edgar Allan Poe died. Died but with a cat. Yeah. When I read, and and it's a, it has to be a black cat too. Oh, right, of course. But when I read that, and I go, well, it sounds like Poe. <laughs> oh no, it definitely sounds like Poe. So if it didn't happen, it makes sense that they would create that kind of like mythology. Yeah, yeah that mythology about that. Right. And now it's his legacy, kind. Of thing uh-huh. and it's like oh, that, like urban what do they call them an urban yeah, legend. urban legend yeah and so yeah stay away from uh, i was tr- i was gonna say urban urban wife's tale yeah that's not what it was and so in that and and that, okay so that thought started coming on and then i had to look at the meta of everything you'll hear me say the meta of everything a lot and i go <laughs> nick you are a cynical sinner repent <laughs> Hashtag and, the meta. Yes. <laughs> Enjoy your graduation to the glory right. of God and what he's done throughout the entire narrative of this. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't receive what you want, you've received, uh, received what you needed. And now go act accordingly to what you've been given right. and stop pre-assuming what is, uh, the, the future is going to bring. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is emotional baggage. Emotional baggage, uh, though a lot of it has to do with the past. It is what you're carrying around with you. It's right also now. fears of the future. Yeah. You know, and, well, it's because you know. our, our the best determiner of future future behavior is past behavior, right? Yeah. And that's true. So <clears throat> we use our past experience as a blueprint for the future. The problem with that is typically our blueprint is entirely made up with sinful thoughts, sinful experiences. Right. Um, so when we project that, what we're doing is we're idolizing the consistency in the pattern that we believe we've observed over God's promise to deliver us. Right. Um, to, he, you know, promises the future, it, the the famous, um, I mean, the, why is it the famous, the famous scripture in Jeremiah, right? That kind of gets beaten to death. Jeremiah 29. For I know right the plans yeah. I have made for you, right? Yeah, right? Plans to give you a future of hope, right? Yeah. Not to harm you. Right. Yeah. Um, oh my so, goodness. As they're in exile, he's saying this to them, by the right. way. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, but it's, it's really important that we recognize it when we're not focused on that part. We're focused on the baggage we brought in mm-hmm. and it will keep us paralyzed and stuck in fear and from focusing on the joy mm-hmm. and the hope that's in Christ. So yeah. I think this has been like kind of just a fun discussion that we've had, but the so what of it all. It, so what do we do? What do we do with all this emotional baggage that we bring in from our life before Christ? Well, 
I think we the first thing we do is we figure out what it is, right? Mm-hmm. So what is it that we're bringing? What worldview is poisoning our current experience? Mm-hmm. What's right? your presuppositions that you cannot substantiate? Right? With, Are you yeah. taking your experience in human relationships and projecting them on God? Is that mm-hmm. keeping you from having a fulfilling prayer life? And if you say you're not, how do you know that you're not right. kind of thing? And what's the Bible actually say about these things? Um, and I think the crushed spirit really go back to the crushed spirit uh, aspect of that. I I was starting to do a little study on the crushed spirit, um, and it, it, I didn't go deep into it, but I'm like, what is the characteristic around the cr- crushed spirit that seems to be prevalent in every time that it's mentioned? And it looks like your inability to delight in your creator mm. um, and uh, at, at all. You just can't muster it up kind mm-hmm. of thing. There's depression, and then there's... Being crushed in spirit. And then there's being crushed in spirit, which could propagate even more and more and more. And so my point, uh, and to bring this around in there, as you said, you know, the so what of things, realize that total depravity is a crushed spirit. Mm -hmm. And you do bring that in there. And you've learned a lot from your crushed spirit in the ways of ill doctrine from the world. And when you have a thought about something, check it uh, with God. Chances are, if it's presupposed, it it might not be right. Right. So, right. I think the first thing is to start asking yourself, is this something that's going on with me? Like, am I thinking about things in a way that's more consistent with my life before Christ or more consistent with my life? my in my life with Christ if you don't feel like you're a good judge of that and it's very difficult to see stuff in ourselves right there's a reason that we go to seek counsel um other people can look at us and evaluate us with a little bit more objectivity than we can ourselves mm-hmm. a lot of the time so Go talk to your brothers and sisters. Talk to your pastor. Mm -hmm. Pray about it, right? God, reveal these things to me. Sanctify me in these areas, these unknown sins, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And we're not telling you guys any of this so that you start self-flagellating. No, like, whipping or beating. This isn't about making anyone feel guilty. Um, It's hopefully helpful in that we're acknowledging there's a lot of psychological stuff that we bring with us from our existence prior to Christ into our relationship with him. And part of sanctification, a big part of sanctification is loosing ourselves from Mm -hmm. all of that emotional baggage. And we do that by recognizing that it's there Mm -hmm. and by seeking counsel about it. Right. And then addressing it the way we would address any other issue with God, right? Being vulnerable, honest, coming to him in prayer, keeping our eyes set on Christ, reading scripture, memorizing scripture, meditating on scripture. Um, Yeah, getting to know just the visceral experience of the character of God and how much he actually reveals to you inside of your pain, knowing that he knows every little bit of it and sometimes not addressing it because it's not the problem. What's the name of that? Um, I think it's the, is it the Attributes of God? Yeah. The John Piper book. Um, anyone that hasn't read that there, you can actually listen to, if you go to, um, desiringgod.org, you yeah. can listen to every Piper sermon that he's ever Yeah. Packer preached. had one. Piper had one. Tozer yeah. is the one that I read. It's a really good one. Right. Yeah. So yeah. if you, if you need help or, I mean, just for edification purposes anyway, like there are some great books available written by very, very godly men and women. Mm. 
um, who have kind of trudged this, the road to happy destiny before. Design God is a, is a really good one. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. And, and lots of free resources too. Yeah. So if, if you don't have the ability to to get the books like i said you can go to desiringgod.org and literally they have archived every one of piper's i was listening to sermons that he preached the year i was born so wow um yeah i know it's kind of yeah he's been a pastor forever right now if you allow me uh, uh, robin we've talked about the emotional baggage uh, in the past uh, uh, that you bring into the kingdom but there are there are new things that could propagate inside of christ too as well let's talk about the nature of suffering real quick um, as I entered into the kingdom of God, I started learning about suffering, trials, and tribulations real quick. And as I started being sanctified from the things of the, of the past, new things were coming up, uh, you know, God's movements and everything. And then a, a, a visceral amount of suffering started coming upon me. It's like, have you ever heard the saying, like, I suffered outside of Christ, but I even suffer more uh -huh. inside of Christ? And sometimes you will. And I've had that experience, tremendous amount of spiritual warfare and things like that, to where sometimes I cannot relax now because I'm just waiting for the next moment of suffering. Mm. And that could be a concoction from the past, a fear for the future, or just going, well, God's going to do this to me, kind of thing mm -hmm. like that. I'll give you an example. Um, I did graduate on Monday. Um, there's a lot of congratulations, a lot of celebration. On Tuesday, I got to experience even more of that in conversations um, into the fruit that graduation propagates, um, you know, uh, job opportunities, all that stuff, talking to people. And I had a really good experience Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. But Wednesday, I woke up. I woke up very tired. And normally when I wake up very tired with a bunch of homework to do, I don't feel good that day. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, man, I'm tired and I got to. But I woke up tired and I go, there's no emotional stress because I graduated. Right. And, I and, don't have any homework. Today. And then the clinical side of me goes, well, Monday and Tuesday, you received a lot of dopamine spikes and a lot of things. <laughs> and you're just still reeling off of that high. Lots of endorphins. Kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah. Endorphins. Serotonin's just going throughout your body. Your neurotransmitters. I'm like, oh, good. You're using your academia now. But <laughs> then I go, oh, it's only Wednesday, though. Mm. By the end of the week, you're going to be you're going to be a mess. Uh -huh. And that is baggage because of the experience of sanctification that I had. Well, so I would, yes, I would think that's definitely a piece of it because the truth is, is that we're promised suffering. We yeah. know we will suffer. Yeah. So it isn't out of the realm of uh, reality that like you, there will be suffering, like a new suffering. The, the, the sin future. is presumptions. Right. Yeah, right there. And I, you um, know, I had to go, okay, so what if there is? But the, <laughs> the sin in that is robbing yourself of the joy you feel that god's provided you today amen, amen. right because yeah. you're concerned about the anxiety you might experience tomorrow yeah right yeah and then um, that, and that is a com that's a combination of uh, like emotional baggage from your life before yeah. and all those experiences that reinforced the idea that something bad is going to happen yeah. next right and this is a, a small sin of that is the resentment of sanctification and uh, i hate to say that because yeah, i don't resent my sanctification but a lot of people um, you know, because of the, the, the suffering that they're experiencing, uh, sanctification, oh man, how long can I keep going right. there? And then you do, and then you do, right. and you find out that it's actually the Lord's strength that is bringing you 
But oh man, it's like it's like the little bro. You know, it's like when you're a little kid and your brother's gonna tickle you, but he's like, I'm not, t- I'm not doing it. I'm not oh, doing yeah, it. Yeah, the, the fake out. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, just do it already and get it over with. <laughs> That's what Wednesday was like to me. Just do it. Just you know, like uh, I don't know, <laughs> rip do, the bandaid uh, off. Yes, uh, uh, oh, make me cr- crash see, my car Nick, or something. Yeah, <laughs> I was the older sister, so yeah, doing that. So yeah. you know exactly. what My I'm sister about. didn't pin me down yeah. and pretend to tickle me yeah yeah but that's sin in itself too as well it's like well and again like and not this isn't to to demean or to diminish anybody is experienced through suffering but at the foundation of that resentment is this idea that you are owed peace yeah and you are not yeah you how are many, not owed that how many false prophets go in there peace 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 when right. there is no you're yeah. not so no. so like the core belief there needs to change God doesn't owe you anything. You are a creation by our creator, right? By grace, you have been saved and are being saved. So I love, you know, the whole, like the, the whole, the potter, the potter and the clay analogy, right? Yeah. Does he not have a right to do it? Yeah. So it's not, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't acknowledge how tremendous people, tremendously people suffer. We will, we, we have, we will again, right? Mm-hmm. What we don't do is live in fear of that suffering. Right. Right. Or let the knowledge that we will suffer again in our life keep us from enjoying the joy, peace, grace, whatever it is that God's gifted us with in the moment. And so, you know, and it's a very hard sanctification can be very, very, very hard. Like you said at the beginning of this episode, scarring happens, right? It hurts. It's painful. So to resent that a little bit, I think, is a normal human experience, yeah. at the bottom of which is a sin issue, right? Which is right. this idea that we are, for some reason, owed that, right. and we aren't. I had this dream one time, you know, speaking of scarrings, and I'm not saying, you know, it's, you know, the Holy Spirit was giving me this dream and insight or prophet, but, but, but it had some imagery in there that I, I think about all the time. And I remember talking to somebody who had emotional scarring and you can see the scars uh, on this person's hand. And when I started talking to this person in the dream, the scars raised and uh, they became really standoffish kind Mm -hmm. of thing like that. And I remember going... Yeah, you know, the process of sometimes of, uh, you know, when I wake up and I go, well, that was weird. And I go, but the process of sometimes exhorting somebody could raise the pain yeah. uh, of those wounds and those scars. And I don't know why I got that from the dream. And all interpretations belong to God, by the way. Well, this is just what I something yeah. that I was developing. And I go, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't exhort. That, but that 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 does mean that with great encouragement might come great some great pain yeah. kind of thing. I mean, so. I think the, that's one of the primary messages that I gave as when I was working as a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna hurt. Yeah. This is going. This is going to hurt, mm-hmm. and it will be worth it. Yeah. Right. Looking at what is painful increases the pain. Right. Yes. Um. And if it yeah, what what you're saying is very very insightful. And whether or not you had any like awareness or understanding around it when you had that dream it is a neat illustration of this concept that sometimes examining the scar causes it to raise a little bit yeah i'm not going to tell you what else happened in the dream because what actually the first part of it was because i used to be a a preacher for the uh the uh sbc um and um 
and, and the dream was I forgot all my sermon notes and I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> all that stuff, you know, those worries right. that you have. Yes. But then all of a sudden in the middle of it was this person having right. their scars raised. How interesting. That. It's so, that's so weird, you know right. what I mean? And I go. That'd be yeah. kind of fun to do um, an episode on like dream, dream analysis, that kind of stuff. It's, um, there's a whole lot of pseudoscience behind it. Oh, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. pretty interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, what do you think, Nick? I think. That might be a good, you know, yeah, a spot to, to to wrap it up, um, uh, you know, and I know that this was a, a topic that we just kind of glossed over. And the reason why, because we, we were discussing this before, the reason why we're saying, hey, let's just do, you know, an off the cup episode about this is because if I give you step by step on how to deal with your emotional baggage, yeah. I'm undermining the complexities of the grace that you're going to receive. But I don't know and I can't guarantee what that looks like in your life. The only thing that I can do right now is allow you to know that 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 God is sovereign, that you will receive grace, that you are justified by faith, that you will fall. But if you're truly a Christian, you will get back up. And I'm, I'm going to say this to anybody that is listening that might be even deceived in their Christianity. If you're not even striving to get back up, do not count yourself amongst the brothers and sisters in Christ. But if you do get back up, mm -hmm. I'm telling you, it's by the grace of God that you do. And you can rest assured that you're his child. <clears throat> and that will bring you through a lot of the troubles uh -huh. that you are experiencing and going to experience and then dealing with the things from the past, the worries of the presence and the fears of the future. Yeah. Um. So, right. So we don't, we're going to try and avoid any kind of um, specific script for individual people when we make recommendations from, from this platform, because each individual's sanctification is a very personal process. Yes. But I think there are some general steps yeah. that anyone can take, you know, with regard to some of the stuff that we're talking about. And so recognizing, like, first, recognizing that you have emotional baggage. Two, getting into communication with brothers and sisters about it, your pastor. And then three, pray about it, right? Mm -hmm. Go to go to scripture. Those are some general stepwise procedures that you can take to try to address some of this stuff. But I, w I appreciate what you're saying. Like we're not offering any one person um, or the group as a whole, like specific steps, right? Yeah. It's very individual. There's no formula uh, right, with no this other than formula. repent and believe yeah. in the Lord Jesus Christ. Allow him to take over you and get your butt to church. Yeah, get your butt to church for sure. <laughs> get your butt to Which church. Which is why we leave the episode off with this saying all the time, and I'll do it right now, and we love you guys. Yes. In this life, you will have many trials and many tribulations, but take heart. Take he heart. has overcome the world. He has been raised. Amen. <laughs>